You have survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with a Gun Show, episode number 549. Hey, is that right? Good Lord. What have you survived? You survived a lot of negative talking, a lot of crazy tweets. You survived a lot of bombastic, crazy conversation about gun rights. And sometimes we get caught up in it ourselves. Sometimes I think I'm the only person who's not trying to incite a riot, not trying to start a fight, not trying to get my point across. You know, if you decided to use this great medium, the social media thing to actually communicate with somebody, you could change the world. That's what I'm trying to do. Thank you for being cool enough to go on this journey with me. You're one of the few people who actually get it. Michael's going to teach us about MOA for those who have rifles and don't know about it. And uh, it's going to be a pretty light episode. So sit back and relax, and we're going to be real calm and mellow about it as we talk about communication. Blackmanwithagun.com, Ken Blanchard's pro-gun podcast. After the iconic John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, we're going to get on with episode number 549. Why John Wayne? Well, if you've traveled overseas, the rest of the world pretty much considers all of America, North America, the U.S., as a bunch of cowboys, and we're represented by the Old West. I don't know what you think about John Wayne, and don't care if you're a fan or not, but the pledge is our pledge. Now, you may have grown up in a time when you're not loyal to anything, you don't have to do anything, but if you ever leave this country, if you ever do, If you ever travel somewhere and you have to defend the place where you're living, it means something. The flag, I mean. It means home. It means loved ones. It means your home. It means your car. It means the ability to do what the heck you want, to say whatever you want. And you appreciate it more when you're not here. Just saying. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. When I began this podcast in 2007, I was kind of leaning on my laurels after being involved with the National Rifle Association, Second Amendment Foundation, Cato Institute, and a whole bunch of other smaller groups to influence and help concealed carry reform across the country. I was mellowing out and have continued to mellow out to the point where I consider myself the voice of reason. Now today, that gets drowned out with all the bombastic, all the noise, all the, they're coming for your guns, they're, they're going to get the National Guard to turn on our people, and yeah, a lot of hype. But it's always been there. It's not new, actually. Not at all. So I'm going to share some some things to help you communicate because what we have here is a failure to communicate. It's a rebroadcast from 2008, I believe, but it still holds water today. Before we get to that, though, I'm going to let my man Michael J. Woodland talk about a term, a subject, something that rifle shooters, people who have ARs and AK-47s and long guns and shoot high-performance rifles need to know about Measurements and MOA. Take it away, boss. Thank you, Ken, and welcome to another Tips and Review segment. 
I am Michael Woodland, and today we're going to discuss what is MOA. So you ask, what is MOA? Or spelled out, it means minute of angle. This is simply defined as 160th of a degree. From the math gods, it translates to having your MOA spreads according to the yards. Simply put, every 100 yards is that number in inches. So if you shoot 300 yards, your MOA is 3 inches. If you shoot 200 yards, your MOA is 2 inches. Even when you shoot out to 800 yards, your MOA is still 8 inches. Now, let's attempt to do some math and figure out how many one minute of angles fit into the adjustments you are trying to make. You are trying to adjust 8 inches at 400 yards. The math is simple and can be done in your head. We will first take 400 and drop the two zeros. Then divide the 8 into the 4. If you got 2, that's the answer. 2 MOA will be your adjustment. As you can see, the math is easy and when working with your scope, it has you easily knowing how many clicks to do versus as guessing and wasting rounds. If you need to write it out, do so. The answer will still be the same. Here is another one for you. You are shooting at 600 yards and you want to move the impact of the bullet 18 inches. On your paper, write 18 for the inches. Next, write the divide sign. Continuing on, we have to do the step for the 600 yards. Remember, each 100 yards is that in inches. Drop the two zeros and write that six next to the divide sign. Now, do the math and what did you get for an answer? After it's done, your answer is three, which is three MOA and adjustments. Let's do another one and allow me to throw a curve in the math. You have a 20 inch adjustment to make and you are shooting at 250 yards. I will give you some time to do the math. If you came up with eight, you are correct. Understand you are doing everything the same. Now, when you got to the yards conversion to inches, you can do it one or two ways. You can do it exactly or you can round down. If you do the math and round a 2.5 up to 3, your answer will give you 6.6666666. But if you round down to 2, your answer will be 10. After you take that shot, you will see you have to make further adjustments to be precise. We have a better understanding of the math and know how to make the adjustments now. We have to understand your optic that uses MOA. When you purchase a scope or some form of an optic, you have to make sure you are dealing with the measurements you want. If you want a mill-based scope, make sure your measurements are in mill as well. Same thing if you have a MOA-based optic, Make sure the measurements are in MOA. 
Easy way to determine this, it will say something like MOA slash MOA. Each MOA optic or scope comes in measurements of one-fourth click adjustments, one-eighth click adjustments, half click adjustments, and also one MOA. Now, if you have an MOA scope or red dot in MOA measurements, go out there and get your shot on. Send us pictures or send us your stories about using this method if you discovered a better understanding of your optic. For those who are looking to contact me, visit blackmanwiththegun.com and under the leaders tab, click on my name, Michael Woodland, and shoot me an email. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken. All right, Big Mike. Thank you, buddy. Now let's go back and talk about the topic for this week, the voice of reason. Going to get you real mellow and say it in a nice conversational tone. And maybe, just maybe, this makes some sense to you. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I want to share my thoughts on growing up with guns. Guns. It's a political platform. The news media calls it an evergreen subject. It's American. It's controversial. And it's what we talk about on the Urban Shooter Podcast. Growing up with guns talks about a few points. Children. How old before you trained them. The current NRA. A little cultural issues. Talking with your spouse. Some gun recommendations for training. First, you have to recognize that not everyone grows up with the knowledge that you and I have about guns. And as the population grows in the urban and suburban areas of our country, there is a large contingent of those that are clueless. And you can't fault them. You just have to be ready for it. Ready for the wrong thinking. Ready for the regurgitated misinformation perpetrated, insinuated, and filtrated by the anti-gun folks who themselves have been lied to or have gone so long in the wrong direction, now it's a matter of pride and they don't want to admit that they were wrong. Communication is the key. If you're married and pro-gun and your spouse is not, to me, your next challenge is to win him or her over. You need your wife or husband to be your ally, not your enemy. Communication is the key. When you get your spouse on your side, then the antis can't fill their head with foolishness. When your spouse is on your side, you don't have to sneak your new Ruger SR556 in the house. When you can communicate with your wife the importance of self-protection, the Second Amendment, then your kids will come in line pretty easy. But then, when you're out of order with your helpmate, your foundation is built on sand. Unfortunately, too many new gun owners are still trying to convince their wives that it's okay for them to have a firearm in the house, much less show the kids. What we've got here is failure to communicate. When you have to sneak your firearm in the house, you're already working from a negative. Problems always come as a result. And here is the benefit that gives back returns on your investment. Your love life will improve if you can communicate with your spouse. I guarantee it. It's better than Viagra or Cialis. Ladies, help me out here. If I'm right, can I get an amen somebody? So how, Mr. Man, do I get my wife to understand how I feel about the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms, as well as tradition? So, 
How do you communicate with those who haven't grown up with guns? You have to do as we did in school. Remember math class? You can solve for X after you get to the lowest common denominator. Well, she probably doesn't give a hoot about muzzle velocity, penetration, unless it's coming from your muzzle and it's you that is penetrating, but that's another podcast. What she does care about is you, hers, and the kid's safety. Start there. Stay there if you have to. Build your case around common ground. Now, I had it easy on that one because my wife was a cop when I met her, and I was one of the training officers of our department before we hooked up. The National Sports Shooting Foundation has a first shots program that you might want to check out. What gun should you get? Invest in a double action 22 long rifle revolver and you'll never go wrong. It's cheap to shoot, it's manageable by just about everybody, and it's a good intro gun just to have. It's a great investment for a training tool. And this is a couple of them that I recommend. Check out the Taurus Tracker model, Smith & Wesson's Model 617, and Dan Wesson's Model 22. Now Ruger makes a whole bunch of single action cowboy types, but it might be a pain if you get somebody like me with attention deficit disorder. They can't wait to reload and cock and shoot and all that stuff. So, that's that. Kids, how old do you have to be to start? I believe some children are able to start as young as two years old because if they can pull the hammer back or make the trigger work, then some instruction is necessary. And it would seem to me that a reasonable parent would want to gunproof his or her child. I still don't understand why parents get grief when they want to take their child to the range. I can understand though in a way too because people are just stupid and some people are evil. Just plain simple. As parents though, you should talk to your child about stranger danger, poison, hot stoves, dangerous kitchen utensils, you know, that whole fire stop, drop and roll thing, smoking and drugs as they get more mature. Don't feel, don't, don't feel bad if... Uh, you teaching your kids properly and nobody else is. Don't feel bad if you take your kids to the range. Don't think you're alone if you love your family enough to share time and tradition with them. After all, that's what I preach and that's what I believe. That's what I know makes for law-abiding, balanced, good American families. Time. On the other hand, I have seen anti-gun parents go ballistic when little Johnny makes a pistol out of Legos or a stick he finds outside. Somehow, they want to blame me. Did Uncle Ken show you how to do that? Why do you got to blame me all the time? Truth is, boys are hardwired to slay dragons, storm the fort, and shoot bad guys. Guns are never the problem. It's the people that influence the children. And if children can be influenced without even being taught, they're influenced if they're abandoned. You have to be involved in your child's life. Those kids that have fathers and mothers that taught them how to shoot, hunt, and be responsible for firearms grow up to be adults that are responsible. If you're doing it right, tell somebody. Share how you do it, where you do it, because a lot of parents don't have a freaking clue. What we've got here is failure to communicate. But what about the kids? I believe there's no set age. It depends on the parent-child relationship. If you're tight with your kids, they are respectful and you spend all that quality time necessary for them to take in your instruction, then you can start them with whatever 
But if you're one of those Johnny come lately, you better go slow or have somebody else teach your kids. It's still kind of like driver's ed. Some of us can't teach our family. Even Jesus said that a prophet is not without honor in his own land. Sometimes you got to farm that stuff out. But if you have been there and you have a trusting relationship, your kids are mature enough, then you can start off with the Daisy Red Rider BB gun, move on up to the 22 and so on. When my son was four, that's when I introduced him to firearms. And what I did was I took everything that I owned, put in some um, cable ties and locked all the actions locked back so they couldn't slide on his fingers, put them all on the table within reach and supervised his perusing. I mean, I told him to go ahead, pick it up, do whatever he wanted to do. And slowly, I talked about not to point it at anything, to keep your finger off the trigger. I gave him all the safety rules first off. And then I unloaded the whole Eddie Eagle program almost verbatim at him. And I did my job so well, he didn't have any interest in firearms until he was about 14. For my daughter, she listened like a jet pilot. And she learned how to shoot really early and then dismissed it all as being boring. Hey, go figure. But she's a woman now and she can shoot. And I have no problems worrying about that. It's all about communication, though. Train up a child in the way it should go. And when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. Now let's talk about the NRA. If you're new to the gun control debate, just got your firearm, just started shooting, interested in sports shooting, you will run into an offer to join the National Rifle Association. Unfortunately, I think this is where, my, for my optic at least, here under the washer and the dryer of the Blanchard Estates, that the NRA is failing. What? We've got here is failure to communicate. They are failing to communicate that they represent all of America. Now, I may be wrong, but it appears to me that they are focusing their efforts right now on women and the country music culture right now. And I'm sure they got a reason for it. Maybe it's financial. Maybe they just, they're just being practical. I'm a life member of the National Rifle Association. I've been around. But from my viewpoint, it looks a little narrow. Now, to their defense, outreach is expensive. Evangelism doesn't seem profitable in the short term. And an organization as big as that has to have some bills to pay. But what about the rest of the United States? What if I'm growing up with guns and I'm not into country music? Why should I want to go to an annual meeting? Why should I want to attend a fundraiser dinner? Now, I'm asking the hard question, so maybe someone will repeat this in their own verbiage in the right place in the right time. I know change is slow, but in my lifetime, I'd like to see something else. I know we got at least two rockers in our pro-gun family. Ted Nugent is old school now, but I've seen that dude Steve Tyler at the SHOT Show, so I know he's one of us. Me personally, I'm a baby of the 60s. My crew started the hip-hop generation. I'm pre-Jay-Z and I'm Dougie Fresh, Houdini in, in the heavy D round. I love funk, blues, and MC Hammer, but my travels has taken me all over the world and I expanded my little musical repertoire and I actually found out that I like country music. Heck, it's the blues riff a little higher up on the fretboard, but country music isn't the only American genre and I kind of take offense to NRA being exclusively that. What? we've got here is failure to communicate. We fail to communicate 
that it's not a white, black thing, but a freedom thing. The shooting sports is an American tradition. Now, having said all that, I confess, I do love the whole cowboy dress-up thing. I love the boots, the hats, and all the accessories that you can get. I still watch westerns, and I love the allure, the myths, and the history of the cowboys. In fact, my heroes have always been cowboys, either in the physical or just in their attitude. Now, I was introduced to country music in the Marine Corps. My roommate, Jeffrey L. Shrewsbury, from somewhere out in Kansas, introduced me to that whole outlaw country thing. Man, he was a trip. But I love that guy, and I haven't seen or heard of him since 1981. So, if anybody knows Jeffrey Shrewsbury from out in Kansas, let him know his brother Bubba is looking for him. Outlaw country. I don't even know they still call that stuff. Willie Nelson, Waylon. David Allen Coe. I think he liked George Strait too. Man, we used to fight over music. But before I left Camp Pendleton, he was listening to Parliament Funkadelics. Well, that's my take on that. And I gave you some mental ammunition on how to communicate. Remember, seek common ground and build on it. And don't beat me up for my disagreement with uh, having the country music at the NRA functions for everything they do. Even if I like country, I'm, I'm not representing the whole world either. So spread the word. Tell somebody. It's about all of us. Blues, jazz, funk, reggae, rock. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff we can add as well. And you're going to hear it here. All right. So what if you didn't grow up with guns? Here's my advice. Seek training from a trusted certified firearms instructor. That is not A, doing it primarily for the money. B, trying to sell you a gun. C, trying to impress you. And D, in a hurry. Do you have a concealed carry permit? Have you received training? Been educated in its use of self-defense and protecting you and your family? Well, one piece you might be missing is self-defense insurance. It's what responsible gun owners do. A friend of mine started a company, a magazine back in the day. And the magazine was successful. He was able to branch out, provide education, training, and self-defense insurance for responsible gun owners. It's the USCCA. I'm now an affiliate. I want to show off my buddy right now. Go to uscca.blackmanwithagun.com and check out the page. I guarantee you there's something that you could use, something that can help you, something that can make you better. uscca.blackmanwithagun.com Check it out. Education, training, and self-defense insurance for responsible gun owners. This portion of the show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. Crossbreed Holsters has gained national recognition as a maker of the best and most functional concealment holsters available on the market today. Each holster is handcrafted to ensure your firearm is safe and secure while carrying, combined with the best customer service in the industry. Visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hello, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Season greetings and best wishes for a joyous holiday. Tis the season for nostalgia. Tis the season for taking care of family and taking care of things that matter the most in my book. If you're listening to this podcast, you understand that I really love the people who listen. So I want to thank you really, truly, in bottom of my heart, top of my head, bottom of my feet, and all in between for being a part of this podcasting experience, for being a part of my life, for listening to me on YouTube, for listening to me um, in any of the aggregators, even on the Black Mail the Gun app, which uh, if you don't have it yet, 
Go find that bad boy. It's uh, blackmanwithagun.org. It should pull right up. And it's even in Google Play as well. There's no better way to listen to the show. Black Man with a Gun. Reloaded. Get the inside, the background, wisdom, information, and experiences of Reverend Ken Blanchard, CIA firearms instructor, gun rights activist, that has been involved in this community since 1991. Read about guns, the culture, the community, and the inside stuff behind what you see everywhere else. You can get it firsthand from the guy they call the black man with a gun in his book on Amazon.com. Black man with a gun. Reloaded. You know, when I was a kid, there used to be really cool commercials about toy guns and stuff. You won't see that now, but here's a blast from the past. Anybody have one of these? This is the story of the Old West and how Matty's cross-draw saved the train. One day, Matty and Uncle Matt were leaving Dodge City when suddenly the train screeched to a halt. A bullet just missed Matty. Matty and Uncle Matt were in a train robbery. But where are their guns? Under their coats in cross-draw holsters. Matty has a Mattel cross-draw holster with bullet-loading Tanner 50. Fans perforated roll caps, fire single shots, too. The cylinder revolves, the barrel smokes. With the cross-draw, the six all-metal play bullets load into the cylinder. Matty fired and fanned, and the bandits ran. He did it with his bullet-loading Mattel Panner 50, just like Uncle Matt's real 45. The cross-draw holster hangs on any belt for a whirlwind draw. Get your Mattel cross-draw holster with bullet-loading Panner 50, just $4. The Panner 50 with six bullets, only $2.50. Get them wherever toys are sold. Remember, you can tell it's Mattel. It's swell. And that was a real commercial from Mattel back in the day. Back in October... I created another podcast, my 11th podcast, and something I'm really looking forward to doing big in 2018. It's called Speak Life Podcast. Hey, as a matter of fact, I got a story I want to share with you. Check this out. I was at a funeral earlier today, and a uh, uh, funeral director, a friend of mine, he went into the business. He's got his own little funeral parlor thing going on. And he said, hey, Rev, I know we just got done uh, with, with your member and all, and I hope you're not too tired. But um, there's a a homeless guy that I know, and uh, we got a funeral for him at a brand new cemetery out in the country of Maryland, out called Nanjamoy. And I wonder if you could go by and just you know do a little graveside service for him. Um, I don't think he has any family or anything, but uh, it'll mean a lot to me if you could do that. So I said, man, okay. Uh, uh, no problem, right? So I, I got in my hybrid and I left the city and traffic was pretty good. Got out of D.C., went around the Beltway, thought, all right, I'm a little pressed for time. I want to get there before it gets dark and I want to make sure I don't miss anybody, family members, or that they might still be around because it was a probably about, I was probably pushing about an hour for the time I was supposed to be there. And it was way back in the country. If you know where Nanjamoy, Maryland is, it's like 20 miles maybe outside of the district, maybe further than that. I'm hauling tail in my hybrid. I mean, I'm I'm really putting pedal to the metal as fast as that little joker can go. You know, I'm trying to be eco-friendly and save gas and all that stuff. But I'm burning. That little hybrid is smoking. And I get to my exit and I'm flying down 301 and I'm heading down to this little exit that says Nanjamoy, Maryland. And then once you hit that road, you really go into country. Road got small and I'm flying through curves. And, you know, I kind of forgot the address. I didn't write it down. I just 
took it for granted that it was going to be you know, cemetery. You can't really hide. But then I remembered he said this was a new cemetery. I said, oh, great. So I'm flying. So I'm starting to slow down now because I can't find my way. I'm making these hairpin turns and this country road and there's no signs. There's nothing. And I'm flying down the street. I knew I'm like, got to be an hour late now because I'm past stuff and the sun's going down. But I saw a backhoe and an open grave, but there was no hearse. So I thought, okay, I missed the other part of it. But the digging crew is sitting there kind of chilling, laughing. So um, I pulled over, got out of the car, took a deep breath, got myself together, grabbed my Bible. And uh, I apologized to the workers for my lateness and uh, stepped to the side of the open grave. And there, looking down, I saw that the, the vault lid had already been put in place. So I kind of looked at the, at the workers and I told them, you know, I'm sure I'm not going to hold them up for long, but I've told them I got to do this and it was the proper thing to do. So the workers kind of gathered around the grave and stood silently as I began to pour out my heart and soul, you know, being lost and being late, kind of like got me kind of fired up because I wanted to at least give my best for this dude, you know. So I'm starting to preach now about looking forward to a brighter today. And a, you know, brighter tomorrow and the glory that is to come. And I'm I'm getting into it, man. I mean, I'm really feeling some passion. And the workers begin to say, amen. Preach, pastor. Praise the word. And um, glory. And next thing I know, you know, I'm really getting juiced now. And the fervor of these guys really got me going. So I preached and I preached like I hadn't preached all day, all week. All the way from Genesis to Revelations, I preached. And finally... After a long service with prayer, I thanked the men and walked back to my car. I mean, I was really feeling good. I was like, man, this is what being a pastor is all about. And I was getting in my car, taking off my jacket, and I heard one of the workers said to the other, I ain't never seen nothing like that before. And I was starting to smile. I was thinking, that's right, because I'm a preacher, doggone, and I'm, a, I'm the real deal. And then the rest of the sentence was, and I've been putting in septic tanks for 30 years. Check me out at speaklifepodcast.com and look for the Speak Life Podcast in Google Play and on iTunes, also known as Apple Podcast. Yeah, I know quitting time came a little early this time, but uh, you're a busy person and I don't want to hold you much longer than I have to. Remember, I know you're a leader because you listen to this show. I know you're a pro-gun person because you're involved in our mission. But remember that the art of communication is the language of leadership. It's a two-way thing. It must be hot. That's honest, open, and two-way. Only through communication can human life hold meaning. Don't just be a sounding gong or a cymbal. Don't just be noise. Mean what you say and say what you mean. You don't need to have a failure of communication. A good relationship starts with good communication. This is your friend and your brother from another mother, Ken Blanchard. And just in case nobody has told you this today, I love you. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next week. Shalom, baby. Shalom, baby.